When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I have her, hey, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who's hovering next to you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door. This ain't easy, man. I'm never asking anybody. Ready to take on some of these questions for TLC? Welcome to the 500 show. Ready to go. Let's do this. To run the Wealth Easy podcast. They're installed correctly. I'm going to answer a question. Who am I, where am I looking at? Where's everybody looking at? They were telling me that they were looking. Here we go. And they keep flowing. Sorry about that. Just keep going. And then they just say, I'm going to open a question. How does, how does it work? Oh, not a clue. Not qualified to answer. Sorry, that would be a plumber's question. Is there, you have to ask me something or just go ahead? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's fine. I am Justin. That camera there. I am uh, CEO of Generation Construction and Fine Homes. Oh, okay. We are builders. We do additions, renovations. So my name is Luca. I'm from Libran Plumbing. Uh, and we work in the GTA and Muskoka areas. It is amazing. And congratulations on that. That is phenomenal, um, doing that many podcasts. And um, we're celebrating here, and there's a lot of great networking going on and a lot of great other plumbers that i do recognize from the last time so this is a great community i love it <laughs> hello everybody um sorry can i start over again where am i supposed to be looking where's the camera so that is the camera where i'm gonna be looking so if i say hello everybody it's right there what's going on guys my name is mike DiMartino. my company is creatix contracting you should start boss oh i'm ready to take on some of these questions we're uh, doing this for the TLC, the Construction Life Podcast. Am I on? Hello, my name is Laura. I'm my plumbing adventure on Instagram, and I am a third-year plumbing apprentice. Ready to go. Let's do this. <laughs> so I got a random bunch of questions on this table. I'm going to pick one of them. We are at a plumbing event, so I'm going to answer as many, well, this question anyways, and see where this goes. Hi, I'm uh, Lucas Oliveira, um, and I work for Lucas Plumbing. I'm Rob from uh, Galaxy Plumbing. Sorry, what was the other part? <laughs> hey everybody, this is John Durbano. I run the Wealth Easy podcast where we talk all things wealth, health, and real estate. So which one? The middle one there? Okay. Hey, hi. My name is Megan, and I am from. I work in the plumbing industry for about eight years now with Colvin Plumbing. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I'm Victor from Modern Water Solutions. Hi, I'm Aaron, owner of Expert Plumbing and Drains. We are here celebrating 500 uh, podcasts through the construction life. And Hello, I'm John Cronemeyer. I'm with Doll Valve, and I'm currently the president uh, over there and just started with them four months ago. All good now? 
Okay, perfect. Okay. Oh, yeah. So um, I was told to grab a random question here. So we'll see what we got. Uh, hi, I'm Johnny Tobias. I'm the owner and operator of Brental Plumbing Mechanical. So I'm Jay from Expert, and we're here at the Construction Life Podcast. Going to be answering some questions. Yeah, and I just needed to know that. I meant to ask that. So that's great. So can we start over? So uh, I'm Matt Batello with uh, Batello Plumbing. This good here. Tell the plumber on Instagram. Hello, Construction Life. Hello, world. Uh, I'm Thomas from Doll Valve Limited, aka Doll Valve Man. And the question, okay, the question. Should I? Can I restart, or is it already going? So, uh, my name is Joel Sant. I own and operate Vital Elements Plumbing and Mechanical, and uh, we're a small plumbing and mechanical company based out of Orangeville, Ontario. Uh, my name is Brandon Liebman. I own Brandon Liebman Plumbing. Hey everyone, uh, I'm Greg from Generation Construction Fine Homes. Uh, we are a general contracting company. My name is Jordan Kurtz from Panda Plumbing and Mechanical. My name is Mark Romeo. My company is Romeo Mechanical. I have a bunch of questions in front of me, and I am going. To, I have no idea what the question is going to be. I'm going to pick up a mystery piece of paper. All right, so my name's Matt Fisher. I am the owner-operator of M. Fisher Plumbing and Drain Services out of the Niagara region. I should have picked these before. Uh, I'm Scott Martin. I own uh, Pipes, owner-operator of Pipes Plumbing Company uh, out of St. Catharines, Ontario. Uh, we service Niagara region. Hi, my name's Phil. I'm from uh, Wisewater Plumbing. Can I pick another one? <laughs> okay. Hi there, I'm Anthony Pincenti. Uh, my company is Fina Plumbing. I am also a full-time plumbing professor at Durham College in Whitby. And I'm reading one of these questions that uh, we got here for... Okay, so we got, why does a tradesperson choose to become a plumber? Um, okay, yeah, let me restart. So I got to say my name, company, and then the question. Okay. Do I say the question so people know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. Can I start whenever? I don't work with manifolds. <laughs> okay. Um, we've been in business for a year and a half now. Uh, we've specialized in commercial, residential, industrial service, new construction, and we do some custom homes. Oh, okay. What's the one thing that has changed in plumbing over the last 50 years? Okay, so this is going to be from my standpoint as a manufacturer. I'm not a licensed plumber, um, but... What we're seeing is the change to um, the, not only the change to plastic pipe, like PEX pipe, but it was more we saw a wild west uh, where, you know, first there was iron pipe for eons, then there was copper pipe, and everything was standardized, and there was a you know, universal availability of fittings. And then poly B came out, and then poly B went away, and PEX came in, then PEX PEX, and we started seeing uh, CPVC. Not only that, but we started seeing proprietary methods of connecting to the pipe, which was something that was new. Um, and what's nice now is to see it's kind of standardizing a little bit. Um, but uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing, uh, water conservation, uh, a big change. I mean, I notice as a consumer, um, I also notice in my place, uh, I live in the country, I'm on a septic. I wish my toilets uh, could flush more water. 
because you need to flush a lot of water down a septic. It's not the same as being in the city. Um, the other thing I guess I'm seeing in general is someone is power tools everywhere. I, my dad's garage was full of manual tools, and if anything had power, it was maybe a circular saw. Maybe it was a drill for heavy jobs, and you would plug it in, and there was a, there was a big nail on the wall with a bunch of extension cords hanging off of it. Um, everything now is cordless, and so am I. Um, and to that end, I'll say I'm yellow. But do you care? Probably not. I'm not even a plumber. Anything else in the in plumbing that's changed? Okay. Uh, one other thing comes to mind, and that is the consolidation in distribution. There used to be so many small wholesale distributors out there. Uh, back in the mid-'80s, uh, I, I drove the local delivery truck for Dahl in Toronto, and there were all these independent small places that we went to. And these days, uh, they're... They're usually now those same locations have the sign of one of just a handful of wholesale distributors on the front of their buildings. Yeah. Okay. Because my name is actually Laura. Got you. Okay. When you're ready. Uh, do you plan on doing this trade until 65 years of age or older? Um, if my body lets me do that, I don't plan on being on the tools for that amount of time, but... Uh, the goal is to build the business to the point where I can stay on the, you know, managing the business and training the upcoming generation to, you know, keep the trade going. But as far as being on the tools, I don't think I'll, I plan to do that. I don't think I'll last because I'm already hurting. I'm only 29 years old right now. So, um, but I do love the trade and uh, yeah, it's a privilege to, you know, train the next guys and make sure, you know, they're good plumbers. Oh boy, I'm just gonna. The question that was given to me today is what one business advice would you share with plumbers today and their businesses? Well, first of all, I would say you've got to pay yourself first. Uh, most poor people and people generally will earn income and they spend that income. Um, plumbers and anybody in business, uh, when you earn income, you need to have a system in place where you're paying yourself first. And I have what's called the 50-30-20 rule. 50% of your money goes to fixed expenses. 30% is toward your lifestyle. And 20% is toward your savings and investments. But you need to take the 20% off the top first and pay yourself first. The next piece of advice I would say is create a holding company because... Once you start to accumulate assets like equipment, you want to be able to shelter those from creditors. So by creating a holding company, you get to move those assets into the holding company. And you also get to move retained earnings up into a holding company. And then the next piece of advice I would say is from that holding company, get yourself a whole life insurance policy and uh, a policy that is going to replace, say, 20 to 30 years of lost income. But what you get to do is moving money from your operating company to your holding company is a tax-free um, transaction, but you also get to move the money from the holding company into a whole life insurance policy tax-free. And then you get to access that money tax-free during your lifetime. And then you can have it paid out through your retirement years all tax-free. Uh, I would also highly recommend is getting yourself a disability insurance policy, one that is going to replace the income should you get injured because life insurance only replaces an income if you die. 
but what happens if you get injured and what happens if that injury is longer than 90 days? So you need to have something that's going to uh, replace that income. Um, and the, the other piece of advice I would say is purchase assets that produce cash flow. What people generally, generally do is they make money and they spend it all. Wealthy people make money and buy assets that produce cash flow. And then they live off of that cash flow and have the assets increase. So um, get yourself a uh, portfolio of real estate, um, live off the cash flow of that and set yourself up for life. I don't know why any tradesperson chooses to become a plumber, but I know why I became a plumber. It was pretty much necessity. Um, I didn't think water was going anywhere. It's something that people need, breathe every day like we need it. Um, it's uh, hard for AI to replace us, I guess. Uh, that's another thing that played into my decision in uh, becoming one. Um, becoming useful, uh, helping my family, uh, things along those lines. So I think uh, that's kind of why I became a tradesperson, but uh, a plumber as a tradesperson. But uh, why anybody generally, I, I couldn't answer for everybody, but I think... Uh, I think uh, just having water as a necessity in life, and I think where it's something like a stat, like 70% of uh, human bodies made up of water, right? So it's kind of an important thing. So this is now my seventh year teaching. So what is the most important skill to grow your plumbing business and trade? Uh, first thing, being in business for many years, is said one of the most important skills is customer service and being able to speak to the customer and convey a message and to gain the customer's trust to make sure that the customer knows that you are skilled, you are capable of completing a job that they are spending quite a bit of money on, knowing that you're going to be doing a job that's going to last them quite a long while and not have to worry about having to call anybody else to fix something. So that's one thing is being able to speak to customers um, growing the trade, me being uh, seven years ago, the undertaking of uh, seeing if I was capable of being a plumbing professor and standing up in front of a classroom and conveying something that I've been in the trade for over 30 years, working with my dad and you know, gaining a lot of experience and just wanted to give back and pass on a little bit of that to plumbers that are working their way through, working their way up, not sugarcoating anything. Um, the biggest thing that we can do is being honest with plumbers that are coming through the trade and making sure that they understand that not everything is a bed of roses, that there are going to be days when you don't feel like going to work and you still have to get up and go to work. You have to get up and get a job done and making sure that, number one, the job gets done properly, the job gets done well, and being proud of what you are. I've always been a big proponent that if you can't sign your name to something, put your name up on the wall. As soon as somebody opens that up and they see your name, you're proud of what you've done. We are skilled tradespeople for a reason. We have 9,000 hours of an apprenticeship for a reason. We have the right to charge what we want to charge. Nobody complains to the mechanic about how much they're charging to fix the car. The plumbing factor plumbing in a home is one of the biggest things that is uh, undervalued 
when it's really one of the most valuable things. Human beings can live without light. You cannot live without clean drinking water. And you cannot live without wastewater being removed from where you're living. So I take my job. I take pride in what I've done for 30-plus years in the trade. I am a big proponent of training. I am a big proponent of passing on um, what I've learned and passing on what I've gained in 30-plus years of work to the next generation. I want to be a mentor. I want to be somebody that's looked upon, and when my name is spoken, they they have only good things to say, most people anyway. Um, that's about it. Just be honest with yourself. Put in a good hard day's work. Make sure that you do good work, and uh, be proud of what you do because we are valuable to society. Thank you, Manny, for the 500th episode on the Construction Life. Congratulations to you. And uh, thank you, Dahl, for sponsoring this event. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on the show. I just want to say, first off, thank you to Manny and the crew for this 500th episode. And, of course, Dahl for sponsoring. You guys are super awesome to get a few plumbers together. So uh, my name is Sam. I run a small business here right in Oakville. Um, my website is samtheplumber.ca. My Instagram is samtheplumberoakville. And my X is, or Twitter is sam underscore the plumber. Now, Twitter and uh, my website is a little bit outdated, but I am in the process of getting, uh, upload, uploading new pictures. So stay tuned. But anyways, joking aside, thank you for having me on here. So I'm going to pull over a card and it says, what is your least and most enjoyable part of plumbing? Hmm. How long do I have to talk about this? I can talk so many, uh, I can talk for the longest time for something like this. But anyways, plumbing, I enjoy it very much. My least and most favorable. So I can only talk about what I know. And what I know is custom houses. Uh, we do residential custom homes, and we try to shoot for perfection. We've been doing this for over 15 years. So over that time, we've seen some ups and downs. And so I think what's key for uh, something that's valuable uh, for the industry and other plumbers is to understand that you really need three things. You need a fixture book, uh, to, uh, more specifically a plumbing fixture book, cabinet specs, and you also need the list of the appliances. I mean, those are the three key emails per job that you really want to execute and you want to know all the measurements and you want to rough in perfect because any perfect finish started off by the rough in or the foundation, if you will. You got to build this thing and make sure it's precise. Um, again, we're doing custom homes. We want all the information. So some of the challenges along the way that haven't been so great is some people say to me, yeah, okay, Sam, you want to be great and want to be perfect. We want you to, and that's why they hire us. Great. But when we ask for the specs, they say, well, it's just a standard sink. Well, I said, pardon? <laughs> a standard sink? I think the standard sink went out probably in 1988. It's 2024 now. Some, some sinks are not compatible with some faucets, believe it or not. I haven't seen it very much, but I have seen it once in a while. But anyways, what you want is there is no standard. You want the specs. You want the cabinet specs. You want the make and model number of the fixture. 
you want all that information to have a perfect rough-in. And that way, that's the bulk of the work. Plumbing residential is the rough-in. That's key. If you can get that perfect after the drywall goes on, after it's painted, after it's all done, we don't really want to be the guys to say, oh, we missed a water line or we missed a drain or something, or we're going to tell them later and you can fix it later. But we don't want to do that. We, we want to shoot for perfect for you and for everybody for that fact. You imagine calling the framers in to frame your house and you say, well, I think there's some of the windows that are going to go on this side or maybe this wall or that wall. Um, you know, or HVAC, you know, is there two furnaces in the basement or is there one in the basement, one on the second floor? But, you know, just rough it in now. We'll tell you later. No, you, they have all the information. So plumbing, we need the same thing. We're building a custom house for our customer. We want it to be seamless. So there's some ups and downs. We ask for a few things and most of the time we get the answers. And, and when we don't, we try to work together and ask again and we try to do it. But basically without the specs, there's really no way to rough something in and make it perfect. We need to make it perfect. So um, what else can I talk about? Uh, the importance of that. So I'm going to actually just leave it at that. This is an amazing show with so many rock stars out there, and I'm so glad that they came out. And um, Okay, sorry. I'm going to keep... Um, the question I was given was being a part of a plumbing team or going on your own and being a one-person plumbing business, which do you prefer? Um, you know what? I preferred being part of a plumbing team um, to get the experience uh, before going out on my own. Um, I learned a lot working from a family company um, as well as the book side of things, uh, which helped me go on my own. Um, but once I did go on my own, I did find after a year or so um, I definitely needed help. And that's why I was glad I brought Kristen on beside me, <laughs> um, which yes, a lot of people say that in the very beginning, you know, you can go on your own just by yourself. You'll have a great career. I feel like that in any trade, um, but it definitely helps having a great team around you as well. Um, so I would say for sure it has been great. I've seen both sides of it, but it is nice being able to obviously build a great team around you. Hi, I'm Lucas Oliveira. Uh, I work for Lucas Plumbing. And uh, my question is how can we solve the labor shortage? So in my opinion, um, I've been in the trade for about six years. I'm probably one of the younger guys here, for sure. And uh, I think that the best way to go about solving this problem is to start with what's happening right now. This whole event is amazing. Uh, it's being put on by Dahl, uh, the construction life, and all the guys that are involved with this. I think it's a great opportunity um, to get the name out there, to get the, the trade, and uh, just let a bunch of guys see the guys who are not in the in the business uh the biggest thing i think we should really work on is the social media aspect the the internet because the internet is is it's not going anywhere it's only growing it's only getting bigger and there's only going to be more opportunities like this so if i can go out myself and showcase some of the work that i do and it's not to showcase it in a in a way to to brag or boast it's more about being able to you know, articulate how I, I want to show my work to the world, right? It's, it's, 
a lot of pride that you have um, with what you can do and what you're able to provide to the customer. And being able to use social media, it allows you to meet people. It allows you to to uh, talk with guys. I've met with a lot of guys on um, in England, in Australia, all over the world. So we, we discuss plumbing and different codes and all that kind of fun stuff. And social media, it just allows a lot of the guys to um, get the first introduction, the first um, taste of what you would get in the trade. I think there's a, there's a very big stigma, especially for the young guys, because I am a young guy, and we didn't have any uh, real introduction or or anyone to show us how the trade looks. It's usually family or friends who get you in to begin with. And uh, I was blessed. I was able to get a co-op um, in high school, and that's how I really started. And throughout doing that, I was able to continue, and I've loved it ever since. I haven't went to a day where I decided I, was, I didn't want to be a plumber. It's always, there's hard days, there's easy days, but that's with everything. And I think realistically, uh, plumbing the construction is only going to get bigger. They only need more guys. And we really need to put an emphasis, like I said, on, on the social media and showing guys that it's really, it's, it's not all just, you know, uh, how can I put this? Dirty work. Uh, the guys at the bottom of the totem pole. If anything, it's the other way around. The construction guys, trades are usually very smart, very high-class individuals who are able to put your dream that you have on paper into real life and you can actually use it and apply it and, and live it. So I think that's uh, the real way to answer this question. How can we solve the labor shortage? Can I just, can I just go through a bunch of them? And I just want to say uh, congratulations to the show for the 500th episode. That's so cool. And, and they asked me to be on it. I'm like, okay, great. Awesome. Absolutely. Um, you are all great people. So congratulations on your 500th show. And thank you to, of course, Dahl, Canadian Maid, sponsoring as well. Thomas and the crew. Always good guys. So anyways, thanks for having me on and keep plumbing. Um, and I'd also like to congratulate uh, the Construction Life on 500 episodes. And thank you very much, uh, Dahl, for hosting the event. Uh, mostly residential. Um, I've had experience in the industrial uh, institutional, commercial, a little bit of everything throughout the plumbing industry. Um, once I started my business, I basically decided to stick with residential. It's what I enjoy doing. Um, and it's what I have the most fun doing. So that's what I've geared my company towards. And that's what we're going to keep doing going forward. Um, so I got a question. What tools should a first year apprentice have? Now, for me, it's hand tools. Any first-year apprentice that's coming to work with me, you just need to have your hand tools. I would never expect anybody to, you know, go out and invest all this money in their power tools and Milwaukee this or whatever you're using. Show up with a, you know, a cheap bag of tools. You got your pliers, your screwdriver, some Allen keys. And basically, day one, for any apprentice, and I think this goes for a lot of different companies, is this is what we're going to be doing. This is what you need. Try to guide them in the right area. You do not need to go spend your money on all the fancy, fancy to start out, especially as a first-year apprentice. You're, you're just getting into the trades. You're just figuring out what to do. So there's no point in, in, in spending all this money, especially when we have these tools. And as you start going through your apprenticeship, you will learn as you go. You, you, know, you get your set of hand tools, and then you'll start using my power tools and realize, I need this, I need that. 
and you start gathering those tools. But I would not recommend any apprentices going ahead and just spending their whole first paycheck, their second paycheck on all tools just so you can be that guy. Take your time, get what you need, the basics, and everything else falls into place. There's no reason to do that. Um, now, in the plumbing world, there is, you know, the big machines, your augers, your drain machines. No first apprentice, first year apprentice needs to buy any of that. So for me, good set of hand tools. doesn't have to be anything fancy. And that's that. That's the best start you can get in, in you know, starting your apprenticeship. So for that, I mean, there's, that's basically all I have on that, uh, you know, apprentice side of things. Okay. All right. I, I'm good now. Uh, I also want to say congratulations to Manny on 500 episodes. Uh, it's a huge, huge milestone. Uh, he's done extremely well with it. I think uh, what he's doing for the construction industry uh, is, goes without saying, you know, like he's making a huge impact. Uh, I, I hope he knows that and uh, I hope he keeps pushing and becomes more of a voice for us. Um, I also want to thank Dahl. Thomas over at Dahl, a uh, great guy. If anybody's listening, plumbers, uh, reach out to Thomas, Dahl Valve Man, and uh, go check out the tour. It's, uh, it's worth missing a day of work and, <laughs> and checking it out. He's a great guy. Okay. And is this, is, this requi- is this with the six minutes involved too? Like, is this like, oh, okay. Okay. Um, we do a lot of residential, small commercial stuff and custom builds, but uh, uh, I guess the question I picked, uh, where do you see plumbers being disrespected and respected in the industry? I guess for that one, I'd have to say it's more that cliche Hollywood um, character, I guess, they've painted plumbers in general as being the overweight guy bending over your toilet with his, I don't know, I can't say, I'll say butt crack, hanging out. And uh, just that's the image that public has of someone coming in your house to uh, fix your faucet or do any service work on your house or coming to do anything plumbing related. And to try to change that in my company, in my eyes, I like to obviously show up being presentable. Um, you're trying to build that trust with the client. They're letting you into their house, which is their most possessed value of, or mo- most value possession that they have. And they're putting, they're paying you money to work on it and to keep it functioning for what they they need to live every day, to wash their hands, use a toilet, to bathe, everything. Um, And just people have that image stuck in their head, and it's hard to get that out of their head, I find. And, uh, yeah, I try to take that out (laughs) if I can and keep that that image a clean-cut, presentable plumber coming into your house to do those those jobs that uh, they've called you to do like i said they're paying you to come in the into their house and you're if you're laying out the red carpet with carpets or booty covers it's uh shows that extra level of uh tardiness that you want to have when you're having someone come into your house but yeah that's about it but i uh yeah that's right the disrespect in plumbers and the respect that you want to deserve or or want to earn it obviously but uh yeah and uh that's it but yeah um okay well my name is robert schrader um i am a post or secondary uh, high school teacher uh, and i teach plumbing and heating so i teach the ontario youth apprenticeship program and i'm also part of the schism program which is specialist high school majors 
So I've been teaching for uh, 18 years, uh, plumbing and heating. I have many, many students out in the field as we speak. Um, a lot of them have their own plumbing companies. And uh, they actually, in turn, uh, hire on and take on my current students. So I have my students starting September. Uh, basically, I start uh, teaching them everything that I know. I'm a master plumber myself, and I've had my own company. And uh, so basically, I teach them not just the, uh, what a 90 and a 45 are, but basically what it takes to be a very good apprentice. So those are the learning skills. So as I said, you could be the smartest idiot in the world. And um, so we have them. And then somewhere about March break, uh, this is when the companies start calling me or I start calling plumbing companies. And then those very students go out to their placements. So they're probably the equivalent of a second year apprentice, um, level two or intermediate. And I teach them the theory, and they also learn about, um, they actually have work, eight workstations. So they do small hand projects, and then they go on to full two, three, four-piece washrooms. So and with the business side that I have, I teach them also accounting, time cards, filling out an invoice, paperwork, profit margins, and things like that. So one of the questions, or the question that I have here is, what's the first lesson a new plumbing apprenticeship learn? should learn. Um, basically, they should know where they are, um, showing up on time. <laughs> Not just showing up on time, but being consistent. Um, basically, the first year apprentice, you're, you're doing the real basic stuff, you're getting coffees, but you got to learn and pay attention. I would say that's a, one of the major things. Pay attention, stay off your phone, uh, try to anticipate what the plumber is learning or what he's doing listen a lot of the lessons that are learned are not just visual but it could be a story of uh at lunchtime you know things like that so that is probably the biggest lesson and if you really really want to do this um you know you're you're gonna i mean think of the concept you get paid to learn i mean what a concept so a lot of my students ended up buying a house i bought my first house when i was 26 and a lot of my students are buying homes and then they're renting it out. And you're not going to do any of that unless you work hard and you have to sacrifice. And that's going to be another thing. That is a lifestyle change. I mean, you're not, you know, you're not getting up late and slipping in or partying on a Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, one of the big things you're going to do is you got to be there mentally and physically there at six o'clock in the morning, not just one of the two. And you got to be ready to go to work, right? So you can do all the other things on the weekends and things like that. Um, but that's one of the big things that they should learn. Um, I would say, like I said, I can go on forever. But um, I would say no is uh, not in the vocabulary. You know, if the plumber wants you to work a little bit later, yes. If he wants you to work here on the weekend, yes. You know, there are certain things that you need to do to progress, Right. And I also tell my students that it's um, not always about the money. I mean, you're getting paid to learn anyways. But one of the things is that, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that money will come. Right. You're, you're going to have the skills and then you have the freedom. I'm a perfect lesson where you were, you know, I work for a plumbing company, Lamper Plumbing. 
And then I said, eh, you know, I'm a little bit bored. Let me have my own company. So I started up my own plumbing company. And you know what? If that didn't work, I could always go back to Lampert Plumbing. And then 18 years ago, um, I became a high school teacher. And, you know, I got my teaching certificate, went through the whole process, went to Queen's University. And I always knew in the back of my head, you know, if this doesn't work out, eh, I could always start my own company or go back to Lampert Plumbing. So that's another big, big thing is the freedom of the trades. And you can take those anywhere you want to go. So that, that's the really nice thing. That was my time. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, sure. So um, I just want to say thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I want to congratulate um, Construction Life. And I want to also thank Thomas from Dahl. Uh, for inviting me over and it's been fantastic and I've already met one of I already met a plumber that has one of my former students so that's it's like a family reunion so thank you very much for everything and I greatly appreciate it I don't know what to say we're gonna plumbers all right Okay, my name's Kristen Ludlow. I am with Brandon Laidman Plumbing, Inc. I was this guy's first employee. Um, we've been, you know, hanging around and, uh, you know, doing some amazing plumbing work for quite some time. And the question that I got was, should more plumbing manufacturers offer up more product knowledge seminars? To this, I would say yes. So... Essentially, with the amount of new innovative products that are coming out through different plumbing manufacturers, I think that seminars would be key for the tradespeople to get out there, actually learn about the products so that they can troubleshoot and install it effectively without having to track down too much information. Certain examples, Kohler is coming out with the new digital series, which is phenomenal beautiful, stylistic, but um, a lot of it is tech-based. And as tradespeople, we are more mechanically inclined. So to have training seminars on those types of products, I think would be extremely beneficial. And also... What I wanted to do is I wanted to thank Dahl um, with their great valves, their great uh, products that I use almost every single day. Um, and I also wanted to say... Thank Manny and the Construction Life for bringing us all together and allowing me to be here. So, thank you. Why does a tradesperson choose to become a plumber? Okay, I think, okay. And uh, I just wanted to congratulate the uh, plumbing, or sorry, Construction Life on your 500 episode. I've been a, a long-time listener of the podcast and it's been a great, uh, great adventure here listening to a lot of topics that sometimes are not uh, spoken about too often as far as mental health and the trades and making sure that we all take care of each other. And uh, I also want to thank Dahl for putting on a great event for us. I can't tell you how many Dahl valves and partition stops I've changed. So thank you, Dahl. You're a great company. Keep up the good work. Okay, so my question here is, why does a tradesperson choose to become a plumber? I think a tradesperson 
Honestly, it chooses to become, if if you decide that you want to be in the plumbing industry, you know, for me, it was all about gaining skills and, and I, I really didn't even know what I was going to get myself into in the plumbing industry when I first started. And as I was building the skills that were required to, okay, can, can, I, can we start over? <laughs> oh my gosh terrible I, I i think i i'm i yeah i'm not prepared today just a uh, new company starting out out of kitchener so yeah remember the name <laughs> uh today's question is tape on dope or dope on tape this question is brought to you by bob bark bob baker of baker plumbing in calgary alberta canada um personally i think dope on tape that's just what I was always taught and seems to be the common practice. I know you can do either or, but I think the dope on the tape makes more sense as the dope is a lubricant. And so, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> and um, thank you to, uh, congratulations to, can I redo that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hi, my name is Phil from Wisewater Plumbing. Today's question is tape on dope or dope on tape? I was always taught dope on tape, and that's what I've stuck with. I've met other people that do it the opposite. And in my opinion, both seem to work fine. But for the sake of today's purposes, we'll go with dope on tape. Congratulations on 500 episodes. And thanks, Dahl, for hosting the event. Okay. Okay. I think I got it. Uh, we are a mostly residential uh, plumbing company. We've been in business for nine years, uh, going strong and growing. And um, we specialize in repairs, maintenance, service, and uh, upscale renovations. And we are currently moving into the commercial space, which is property management uh, type of work. Uh, and uh, yeah. And uh, where do we go from here? Okay, so I got to grab one of these questions. Okay, let's see what kind of question do I get. Do I read it out loud? Are hot water research setups worth it? Okay, are hot water research setups worth it? Um, I would say depending on the environment and if it, this is a house or a building, if we're talking about a house, uh, if it's a very small house, single family dwelling, um, I think it's, it's nice to have. It's a luxury feature for sure, but I would say it's not that important. Uh, I would say it's definitely very important when it comes to multifamily uh, type of setups, like a high rise building. Uh, without that, you would it would take forever to get hot water. Uh, and what the, the research line does is basically a, a loop. And what it does prevent water from going stagnant, cooling down. And uh, yeah, I would say in a house, if it's a larger square foot house, probably, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 and up with multiple bathrooms, I would say it's definitely worth having. And I think it's a, it's a great feature for commercial definitely must have okay do i pick another question or okay that's it 
from there, congratulations to uh, the TCL for their 500th episode. Um, and again, thank you to Dull Valves. Um, I've been using Dull Valves for a long time, and um, they're the way to go. So thank you, guys. Okay, is that going to get, like, cut out, like, where I, like, no, where, like, I, like, didn't know what to say, you know? So I get to pick a question here. All right. Other than passion for plumbing, what do you do when you're not plumbing? That's a good question. Um, I would say uh, it's a mix between family life. I have two kids, wonderful kids, wonderful wife, and I spend as much time as I can when I'm with them. I do a lot of traveling because of my role. Um, so I am trying to be a much more present human being. I've spent a large part of my career on the road and uh, distance from them. So um, trying to, to be more present on the evenings, more present at home on the weekends. Um, so I do spend a lot of time on the family. Um, other than that, I spend a lot of time on self-education, actually. Uh, I do a lot of courses, uh, online courses, constantly reading. I try to read anywhere between 10 to 12 books a year. Um, a lot of people read a lot more than that. I was probably reading one book every three years uh, for the longest time. So for the last couple of years, I've been trying to, to educate myself. Um, I think it's a constant learning in this world now. Uh, things are changing all the time. The dynamic of business, the dynamic of life is changing. Um, health and how you keep healthy is changing. Um, so with, uh, with the world as it is, uh, I, I'm, I'm always trying to keep up on that, time, uh, that type of thing. Um, outside of family and education, I would say it becomes work. Um, I am not a plumber. I work in the plumbing industry, doll valve. Uh, we supply to the industry. So um, I, I come from outside of that for the last 20 years. So for me, um, the constant education on the world of plumbing is important to me for, for what I'm doing right now. So those are the, those would be the passions on uh, outside of my passion for plumbing. Construction Life, congratulations on the 500th episode. And thanks to Dahl for having us out for uh, the evening of uh, networking and meeting all the nice faces. Would you ever pee or poo in a customer's newly installed toilet? <laughs> that one's pretty funny. You know, I did have one person shit in the toilet. Um, yeah, okay. And it wasn't even installed. Out of uh, the GTA and Muskoka region, uh, I was previously a plumber, so uh, Manny had decided to have a previous plumber come out here, and uh, here we are. So, um, how important are construction podcasts for the trade and industry? Uh, first of all, uh, Manny, can't thank, uh, can't thank Manny enough for his dedication to the podcast. Uh, the information, the wealth of people who come and share their experience, stories, and information is huge. Uh, for years, we had no outlet to go anywhere. We were basically going around, calling, going to different sites, asking other friends who maybe were in the industry. And for years, a lot of people wouldn't help, uh, especially in the GC uh, specifically. Uh, we almost felt like we were alone. Um Manny has created a huge uh, community around construction. And, you know, all over the world, we see different podcasts uh, being brought up. There's podcasts about uh, many different topics. Um, it seemed like construction was not there. Uh, 
um, in from our experience, uh, both Justin's and mine, um, we've already been on this show twice and we've learned much more than just being a guest. We learned from uh, different GCs, different plumbers, electricians, you name it. Like, And just seeing how everyone comes together collectively is great. Um, the podcast shows so much. Unfortunately, you know, there's always some sort of a stigma. There's always typically bad days and some bad stories and shared, but then there's also things that, you know, now we're finally talking about mental health and what we're going through. We're not just, you know, guys with hard hats and, and, and running, uh, around on the site and trying to get things done. You know, we do have personal lives, um, and we try to do our best to, uh, give a great customer experience. Uh, it's, it's tough for everybody, but luckily, um, this construction podcast in particular, um, has paved the way for us to get a conversation going and has been able to give guys outlets to, uh, not only reach out to Manny, but, um, all of us, especially here on episode number 500, let me repeat episode number 500. Um, so we're all kind of DMing each other, giving everybody a call and saying, Hey, I've, I've heard you on this and I've seen you do this. And you know, this is great. I learned a lot from your last, like it's be constructions already uh, a smaller community to begin with. It doesn't seem like that way because especially here in Ontario, you know, you can drive 10 hours and not even get halfway through, but really construction is very small. And, and, um, this podcast, I'm going to keep saying this, this podcast is bringing everyone closer and closer together. Uh, we are finding that everyone is able to start to voice their opinions more. And I believe, uh, it's something very, very important. Um, that being said, uh, one of our sponsors today's again, episode number 500 doll. So as a previous plumber, I don't do much plumbing myself, uh, anymore. However, uh, when I was, it was the first thing that I would pick up at my suppliers doll valves. Um, they're just really, they're built really well and they're built right here in Ontario. Like you can't beat that. Now as a GC, nothing has changed. I go and I, I supply them. I put down all of my contracts, line items. They always, always end up on our sites. Um, I've been grateful and I appreciate meeting um, the owners and, and uh, they just, they seem like they, they really care about the plumbing industry. And I know everyone else uh, um, here at episode 500 today does appreciate them as well. So um, homeowners, listen, you can pay a few dollars for whatever product. Yes, dolls much more, but you know what? You're you're not going to have any issues and you're going to have less callbacks, meaning there's going to be money in your pocket. So, And uh, I want to say congratulations to Manny on the 500th episode of The Construction Life. It's an amazing accomplishment and uh, wishing you all the best on the next 500. I don't know. I've, I've never been a part of something like this, right? Like this, this is uh, really cool. I feel important sitting in this chair. Yeah, very cool. Okay. All right. Okay. Can we redo this one? Okay. <clears throat> okay. So the question I got is what is the next big thing in plumbing? There are wide opportunity, wide a variety of opportunities in the plumbing industry. And honestly, this industry really needs a lot of innovation. There's so many things that you can do to 
to really innovate in this industry, whether that is helping plumbers uh, with things that are backbreaking, like lifting a toilet up and down the stairs or you know, uh, finding the right filtration system for, for, for a homeowner or being able to find ways in this industry to really, you know, to, to really add value to this industry, I think is super important. And yeah, the networking and the social media with, with uh, the plumbing industry, I think is is huge, and um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity uh, that I that I had in the plumbing that I have in the plumbing industry, um, because it just opened my eyes to the amount of opportunity that is out there, and you know, even when so for instance, like you know, I've had a big realization lately, like my knee is pretty messed up and I'm like 28 years old (laughs) and I am trying to strategize ways to be able to help myself not always be hands-on like you really have to look into like the business side of things as well if you're looking to get into the trades because you know working a laborious job for for eight years even is is tough on the body and so when you first start your career i would really suggest like looking at the business side of things if that's something that you're you're interested in um because there's plenty of opportunity in the innovation side business um just really strategizing uh not only hands-on but also you know, what can you do with the skills that you have gained and the value you can, you can add to this industry. So um, the next best, best thing in plumbing, I would just, just say that um, explore the opportunities that you have and work with what you have. And you just never know what kind of opportunities really going to just start knocking at your door. And, um, you know, for all the people who are also struggling with uh, with, you know, a bad knee or a bad whatever, you know, I, I hear you on that because, you know, there's, it's tough sometimes. And I, I just, I hope that you can find something that's not always hands on, um, and that you can find something that is really something that you can innovate towards the industry that can really help you exceed in life. And um, yeah, seek opportunities and... Manny, thank you very much for uh, having me here. And I wanted to congratulate you on 500 shows. I think you're doing a fantastic job and a real service to uh, construction and trades. And uh, I appreciate it and I appreciate you. And I also appreciate Thomas from Doll Valve Company for throwing on this event and really supporting uh, plumbers And uh, I think uh, you guys are really special and what you guys are doing is special to uh, push our industry forward. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing. And uh, thank you very much for all your hard work and uh, dedication. (laughs) Perfect. And um, I guess I'll pull up a question here. Uh, Here's the question. Are most plumbers missing servicing opportunities? Absolutely. I know that they are because I am personally. I uh, 
do a lot of new construction, a lot of restaurants, and I'm not doing the service work uh, because I'm not set up for service. I find that the service work is hard to do because um, you need guys to take on those small calls all the time. Uh, that's something I want to correct for sure. Um, what was I going to Well, I guess the service side is completely different. So getting set up for that would take a whole different business plan. And um, I think that's something we're going to start doing soon. That's something we're going to look forward to in 2024. Uh, start opening up a service division and grow in that opportunity. It's definitely a much needed thing in this uh in this city because it's an old city and not a lot of people want to do it. It's kind of dirty work. And our guys have been fortunate to do new construction because, you know, it's a lot cleaner. You're done at three o'clock, go home, be with the kids services. You know, you get the call and you got to jump and, and do it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly when we're going to start this process, but we're going to start looking at hiring these guys. We do have two years worth of service. Uh, well, we have two years worth of restaurants that we've been doing, so we have the clientele to do it, so all the work's there. And uh, we're going to just start uh, advertising as well, something we never did in our business. Our business has been mostly uh, referrals, Everything's been basically word of mouth. So, and Instagram. Instagram has been a big help to getting work. Probably a lot of guys are saying that. Um, we've gotten big jobs on, on Instagram. So, that's something we'll put on our, our Instagram soon. Yeah, I think uh, that answers that question. Once again, Dolph, thank you very much. Um, Manny from the Construction Life, thank you for having us here today and hosting this great event. Uh, we couldn't thank you enough for putting this podcast together, um, for having us on previously. But we really, really hope uh, this this continues on, and uh, we hope more people come and share their stories. So, thanks again. Let's start with this question: If you weren't plumbing, what other trade would you be doing? So, uh, when I did my pre-apprenticeship program at Humber, we did a little bit of welding and I hadn't tried any trade beforehand and I thought welding was pretty cool, like pretty hardcore. And, uh, it was also very difficult to be a good welder. It takes a lot of skills. So I could see myself enjoying welding because when you get good at it, you can make some pretty amazing stuff. So I think I would choose welding. I just want to congratulate the construction life on 500 episodes and thank you to Dahl. We are a newly opened company. We've been open for about eight months, servicing high rise buildings and commercial properties within the GTA. Uh, currently we have five technicians on the road and always looking for more buildings we can look after and more condo managers and property managers to give us a shot. Would you ever pee or poo in a customer's newly installed toilet? Uh, personally, I probably wouldn't. After we install toilets, we always leave the uh, plastic wrapping on the toilet seat and all that. Clean it up as nice as it can be, and then we kind of just get out of there. I think if you are hiring somebody that would pee or poo in your 
newly installed toilet. He's probably from Kijiji or he's a handyman. So I probably wouldn't be hiring that guy back again. I would like to congratulate the construction life for 500 uh, episodes. And I would like to congratulate or I'd like to thank Dahl for sponsoring this and, uh, and uh, appreciate you guys inviting us, uh, inviting me on here. Thank you. All right. My question. So uh, do you schedule your own jobs or does someone else? Do you use a CRM app? Well, um, I'm a bit of a dinosaur, despite that I might fit into the millennial category with these apps. But to answer the question is, uh, no, I don't use apps. Uh, I don't use uh you know, social media, really. Um, I'm very old school, antiquated. Pen and paper uh, is pretty good. I've mastered the art of putting it into my phone calendar. So I, I run it. It's a truly a for me, by me experience. And I think that level of uh, personability um, is great that a lot of my customers really appreciate. Um, and yeah, that's pretty well it as far as a answer for that question. So I don't see any use for apps even for myself in the future. I'll probably stay with the antiquated technology in, in my mind. But that's it. Okay. And uh, I'm here on the Construction Life podcast for the 500th episode. I'm very excited to be here. This is very cool. Uh, the question I ha- do I say about the question? I- okay. Uh, the question I have is, uh, should we have plumbing mentors available for all new apprentices? I think, yeah, that's a huge thing. It's a good thing. Uh, mentors are very important. I was lucky enough to have a really good mentor, uh, Victor. Thanks, Vic. Love you, buddy. Um, I, with, I hear it all the time, and a lot of us apprentices and plumbers have a very similar story where when you start out, there's uh, you're with a company, you got a journeyman that's above you who's uh, doesn't treat you very well, and it can make plumbing not very exciting at the start. Um, men- having a good mentor is huge, but at the same time, for apprentices, I think it's very important to advocate for yourself and. Um, like it's it's your job to structure that five years you have for your apprenticeship. Uh, if you're at a company and you're in that situation where someone's just treating you like a dog, uh, sometimes it's up to you to make that hard decision and maybe move companies. Um, if you stay there and you're just complacent, you're not going to grow because you're comfortable. Uh, complacency is the enemy. Success is your responsibility. And uh, yeah, like we have five years to structure ourselves to be the best we can be. And uh, having a good mentor is, a, is definitely a fast track to that. Thank you, Manny and The Construction Life for having us on their 500th episode. And thank you to Doll Valve for sponsoring this event. They're the only valve we use when installing R19s under a sink. Thank you guys for being the best. One more time. <laughs> we need something. Well, you know what? Someone else is going to use it, right? No, we're only doing one. Oh, sick. That's good. Is there enough training for plumbers to go on site on their own? Now, that's a bit of a tricky question um, because everybody could probably be a little bit different to what they're capable of on site and the training that they require to be given that kind of responsibility. Uh, Me, myself, I was thrown in a van by myself at around 19 with 
uh, a little bit of experience. Uh, so it was a big learning curve to get used to, but um, I was able to adapt to that like most of the people in the industry have to. Um, so I don't know if it's a question of if there's enough training for plumbers to go on site on their own because there's a certain amount of work that needs to get done because in the industry, everyone's looking to get something done. So at the end of the day, your boss or your foreman can't always, always be there. If you're a competent person and you can handle a small situation like that, you should be able to take care of those things on your own. So I do believe there is enough training for plumbers to go to site on their own. I'll answer that question with a yes, I do believe there is. But whether or not each company provides that, that's the question. But at Expert Plumbing, we definitely spend a lot of time on training on the back end of things. Um, we have classes every Thursday for three hours in the morning. Um, so we make an effort for training at Expert Plumbing. Um, I think every company should do something of the sorts or at least try to. So, Congratulations to Construction Life on their 500 episode. And thank you very much to Doll Valve. Just say I'm going to hear should I say, like, I'm on the 500 episode or just go right into opening the question? Does it matter? Okay. Congratulations to the Construction Life podcast on their 500th episode. It's very cool. Um, and I also want to say thank you to Dahl. Thank you, Thomas, Dahl. So anyways, here it goes. Question is, what is the stigma associated with the plumbing trade? Okay, so like I, most of you guys know, uh... I'm going to be straight up. I'm not going to hold back. And I'm going to be myself. Uh, the stigma associated with plumbing trade is generally the bad rap that most of them get. And I don't know why, but it just happens. And I've seen it often. No education. Basically, becoming a plumber was the last resort. Or, you know, just to do it as a, a, a side gig or, or a timely thing where to make some extra money, where I completely disagree with that. Um, might be biased. I mean, I love the trades. I love everybody that's in trades. Uh, anybody that wants to become a plumber, educated or not, it doesn't matter. It is a fantastic livelihood. Uh, you can make a ton of money. You can provide for your family. And uh, as far as I know, they're all just down to earth, great guys and girls. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's, that's the stigma that I think is surrounding the plumbing trade. And it's completely BS. Anyways, from what I gather, that's my experience only. Um, but yeah, so that's the question, and that's my answer, and I just want to... Hi, I'm Aaron, owner of Expert Plumbing and Drains. We're here on the 500th show of the Construction Life podcast. Proud moment. Thank you for having us here. I'm going to answer a random question now. Got a couple of pages in front of me here, and I got a couple of minutes to ask a answer a question. So here it goes. Pick one that someone didn't put back down. Yeah. <laughs> What is the most trouble-free part of a plumbing system? Wow. Trouble-free part of a plumbing system. <clears throat> Got to think about that. Part of a plumbing system that I never have to fix. Problem-free. Well, I'm going to say that water lines, if they're installed correctly... Um, you know, typically solder or PEX doesn't really matter. But if you, you know, do your solder joints right and you get you install the, the pipes right, you're not going to be back for 100 years to fix them. Um, 
I've seen copper pipes in buildings, you know, 60, 80 years old. So I'm going to say what is the most trouble-free part of a plumbing system is potentially the water pipes if they're installed correctly. But I'd just like to take a minute to congratulate the Construction Life for uh, 500 episodes and a big shout out to Dahl for hosting this event. This was really great. I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you very much. What's your key to balancing work and life? Uh, I feel like in in a situation, you know, that that's such like a common question, especially in the trades of like, how do you balance the work and how do you balance, you know, your personal things? Uh, I feel like it's something that we all need to kind of figure out for ourselves. Um, it's one of those things, like I'm, I just had a, had a child a couple months ago, you know, I've been married for a couple years and it's just one of those things where I'm learning every day how to be a, a little bit better uh, husband and father. Um, and then obviously, you know, you, for plumbing, you know, I, I started my apprenticeship and it was go, go, go trying to learn as much as I can. Like that really never stopped. So, uh, you know, it's hard for someone to be like, oh, you know, you got to do your 40 hours a week. It's like there's it just feels like in our industry, uh, it's not really about uh, a number. It's about like getting things done and how hard it's you're willing to go to get things done and and get things to a level of of quality and pride that you can kind of look back on and be like, I did it. And uh, I think really the balance is realizing that there's a quality and pride that has to happen on your personal life as well. So, you know, really what you should be asking yourself is like, how do I balance work and life? It's like, no, how do I, how do I balance the quality and pride of my work as a plumber and my life as a husband and father? So I think that's kind of the best way that I've figured out to, you know, make it work in my brain. (laughs) Uh, congratulations to Manny and Dahl for 500 episodes, and thank you for having me here uh, today. Thank you very much. I really should. Can I? Can, do you want, let me actually come back and do this. Obviously, congratulate Manny on the 500th episode of the Construction Life. This is awesome, and it's a pleasure to be here. And also, very important to me, I want to congratulate uh, or at least thank Dahl for. Uh, Basically, sponsoring everything. Thomas is a fantastic dude. Doll guys, if you watch the podcast, they are the best. Doll is fantastic plumbing services. They're awesome. Love you, Thomas. You're a little bit of all right. Mikey is out. My question is, uh, do you challenge building inspectors? And the answer to that is 100% yes. Um, Personally, I've been on a lot of job sites that um, inspectors come and... Some of them don't know exactly what they're kind of doing. So um, as a person that's licensed in the trade, I am an HVAC. Um, there's a lot of stuff that they, they will challenge us on. And we know what we're doing and all that. Can I restart? <laughs> Sorry. It was too long of a pause. Oh, I just keep going. Okay. When it comes to these inspectors, they come, they they challenge us a lot. But as licensed people, we have codes when it comes to our buildings, projects, and all that. Um, Sometimes a lot of inspectors, they could be wrong. It makes a lot of GCs, plumbers, HVAC guys, makes our jobs a lot more difficult, for sure. Um, Yeah, so when it also comes to inspectors... 
we get uh, the good and bads from them. And as pe- as us contractors coming to do a job, it makes it a lot more difficult. And we also have to explain it to a lot of homeowners, clients, builders, etc. Right. So, yeah, we definitely uh, everyone needs to challenge these inspectors because everyone, all these inspectors, they all have a different uh, view on the project. And a lot of them like to have things done a different way. No one's really the same. So, yeah, I'd like to congratulate uh, TCL Construction for their 500th podcast and a big shout out to uh, Dahl. <laughs> we'll get the Robert on the show. We'll talk a lot more about getting students in the business and getting all kinds of young trades into the business because that's important because you've been doing it for two decades now. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, like I said, that, I mean, I picked out the perfect question here. Said, "What's the first lesson a new plumbing apprentice awesome. should learn?" Awesome. And I could probably talk for like two hours. Awesome. So I don't know I'll how get long you back. these podcasts oh, are. They, but they, the plumbers <laughs> one have gone three hours, so we got plenty. We got plenty of time. Thanks, Robert. Okay, take care. Congratulations, uh, Construction Life, on 500 episodes. It's kind of wild that you guys have uh, done 500 episodes, and it doesn't seem like you guys are slowing down. So, congratulations. And uh, thanks, Dal, for putting on this event, this networking event. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm learning a lot and I'm meeting a lot of uh, people that normally I just ins- uh, message on Instagram. So it's nice to put the face to logos. Thank you so much, Manny, for having me on the, on the uh, Construction Life podcast for the second time now. Um, and uh, thank you so much, Dal, for having us as well. Uh, I love the doll valves, and um, I always use them. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Um, I'd like to take this time to congratulate the Construction Life on their 500 episode. Uh, what a fantastic journey. Uh, thank you to Manny and the team um, for really putting highlights on the industry across the construction industry, plumbing, electrical uh, you name it, if you haven't tuned into the show, you need to tune in, you're missing out. And a massive thank you to Dahl, um, fantastic local company here um, out of Oakville. And thank you for being a sponsor. And um, you guys are really helping in the industry too. So much respect to that. And thank you for what you're doing. Hello, I'm My Plumbing Adventure. No, wait, can we redo that? Ooh. Why does the table look like it's moved? I just want to thank TCL and congratulate them on their 500th episode today. And a special thank you to Thomas from Dahl for hosting this great event. So that's, I think, about all I got. I'm sure there's a lot of people watching this thinking, oh, I missed that. What? What? Uh, what? Uh, I'll close by saying congratulations, Manny. 500 episodes. Holy moly. And uh, thank you to you and to Angelina for all the work you do for bringing us fantastic comment uh content and uh here's to here's to a thousand episodes cheers that's 500 shows i want to thank everybody that attended our event all the plumbers and mikey and john Durbano and greg and justin from generations contracting joining us and celebrating 500 shows but also celebrating networking plumbers together we had almost 30 plumbers here in the not studio one by one, but in the event space here. And it was amazing how so many people 
knew of everybody but never met everybody and it was the first opportunity that they got a chance to meet everybody and talk shop and there was a lot of talking going on so i want to thank doll for supporting us and supporting this show and uh there's future things that are going to be happening we're going to be at Sim- uh, simpex cmpx uh the plumbing show that's coming up the big plumbing show that's coming up in toronto and i'm looking forward to seeing everybody again there because i'm pretty sure that everybody attended today uh is going to pass by there so thank you very much that's 500 and here's to us doing another 500 shows we're out of here okay sorry it's gonna keep i just can i just go through a bunch of them I should have picked these before.